0: I'm gonna speak to you guys for a few moments on the mentality of the manger, the mentality of the manger. You know, we often romanticize the story of the nativity and all of the the movies that come out about the nativity and all of the beautiful ornaments of the nativity. But let's put it in common context. If you heard, like if it was posted on Facebook, that there was a impoverished woman that had just given birth and there was no place for them to take care of their baby and they literally had a baby in a barn, we would start some sort of a, a GoFundMe, would feel bad for them, the, I mean, the, the level of poverty. You say, are you serious, in a barn? And, and they laid the baby in this trough And this was where donkeys ate their food and the baby. You mean the little babies in the trough and we would have such compassion and sympathy. But now, 2,000 years later, we're like, oh, what a sweet story. But but think about it. God became flesh. And out of all the places that he could have gone, he ends up in, in a donkey's trough. Do you think that was accidental? Or do you think that it was intentional? I believe everything from God was intentional. The Bible calls Jesus the logos, which means God's communication, his thoughts, his words, everything that God wants to say to humanity, the word became flesh, the logos became flesh. And so when we see Jesus, we see God's communication to humanity and what he wants to say. And just use your rationale for a moment. If you were God and you knew what it took to save humans was to put on flesh and shed your blood and die, you'd probably take a one day trip to, to earth You'd incarnate, take care of the job and go back to heaven. But how much does it communicate that God actually spent 33 years of his life on Earth? It shows that He loves us. For God so loved the world. He came, and that the fact that he was born to an, an impoverished people, an enslaved people and he was lying in a manger, it communicates so so much. I wanna take our text from Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Here we are 2,000 years after the birth of the Son of God, still celebrating his life, still celebrating the gift that he is. Now God, open our eyes to see the beauty of who Jesus really is. It's in your name we pray, amen. So the mindset of the manger, I'd like to just give you some thoughts on the mindsets of the manger. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And there's all kinds of ways of, of thinking these days. But as Christians, we have to let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in us. It means the perspective of Jesus, the attitude of Jesus, the thoughts of Jesus. Let his thoughts be in you, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he didn't cling to his rights. And so there are several mindsets of the manger. The first mindset that I see is that we don't have to cling, we can let go. If Jesus didn't have to cling to anything, then we don't have to cling to anything. And in a world that says hoard more, get more, save up more, just build, 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 build your wealth. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes that it's all meaningless because everything that you store up here, you're gonna have to give to somebody else and it's not even gonna be appreciated. So we know from biblical wisdom and we know from Jesus that it's okay to let go and still have. When the world says, take, take, hoard, hoard, Jesus says that you don't have to cling, you can let go. Hey, brothers and sisters, here's a beautiful truth. Is that if we can open our hands, God can fill it again and again and again. We can literally... Be as generous in life as we want to be. Every instinctive impulse that God puts in your heart to give to others, to be a blessing to others, to sow, you can let go. But it doesn't just mean like financially you can you can live with an open hand. It means you don't have to cling to titles, positions. Here's one, control. You don't have to cling You can let go, and it's okay, God's got it. For Jesus, it says that he did not cling to his rights as being equal with God, but he let it it go. The manger mindset says that I don't have to cling, I can let go. How freeing is it to realize that we are in God's hands and that literally we our lives can become rivers of generosity and God will faithfully provide seed to the sower in every area of life. Isn't that a beautiful, freeing reality? That we don't have to cling, we can let go. The second mindset of the manger is, we don't have to climb, we can descend. If Jesus proved all the way at the top of the game that it's okay to descend, it sends a signal to us that while the world is striving for recognition, While they're striving to climb, while they're striving for greater titles and greater positions, it's okay for us to not feel that pressure to climb. Nobody ever reached heaven by climbing. It's okay for us to descend. I went uh, to California a few months back with Angie. She wanted to go on this hike that everybody talks about, posts about. And uh, there's you know the Hollywood sign in the background. And she's like, I wanna go on this hike. So we go on this hike. And there's multiple places that you can park to get on this hike. But we navigated to the place and we didn't know what we were doing, but we navigated to this, this spot on the hike and parked our car. And we began to go down this trail. I didn't realize it, but we had parked at the very top of the hike, which means we didn't have to climb at all. And so we start going down this trail and I, and I was like, man, this is phenomenal. I love the way this trail feels. I mean, this is perfect. Just going downhill a steady. I mean, it felt like it was just awesome. And these people are coming up the hill, just sweating, just pouring. <laughs> and they're looking at me. I'm like, Hey, Hey, what's up? Hey, Hey, what's up? <sighs> I felt great about life because I was descending and, and they were ascending. You know, there's a stress to feeling like you have to ascend. It, it causes you to perspire, to, fit, to, to feel like I've got to gain more recognition in this world. I've got to climb the ladder. I need more followers. I need more recognition. I've got to climb in my company. I've got to make something for myself. I've got to ascend. And then while we're ascending, we look and here's Jesus descending. And he's our Lord. He's our master, and yet we're going up the hill, and he's going down the hill, and we're like, boy, that looks phenomenal. So you mean I can disappear and still have significance? You mean that I can go down the hill and still matter? And in the kingdom of God, we don't have to sweat our way up the hill. We can follow our Lord down the hill, and the mindset of the manger says it's okay to descend. You don't have to ascend. Amen. The third mindset of the manger is that it, I don't need power to have purpose. If Jesus proved when he laid down all of his power that his life still had purpose. You don't get much more powerless than a baby in a manger, but for him to still have purpose even when he didn't have power. And I get it, everybody wants to wants to be in a place of power so they can affect change in the world and, and they wanna to rise to a place of power. And I understand the mindset that says, if you wanna change the world, you gotta change it from the top down. If you wanna change healthcare, you gotta change it at the top, education at the top. If You wanna change politics, you gotta change it at the top. But somehow our master, our Lord, Jesus Christ, somehow laid down all of his power and became nothing and changed the world from a manger How did our Savior change the world from a manger and a cross? And you know, you find our Jesus not recruiting the kings and princes, not going to Herod's house and saying, hey, I need to recruit you to this new thinking and Pilate, I wanna win you over. He goes to a fisherman, he goes to a tax collector and, and prostitutes and somehow changes their life from the bottom up. And in just five to six centuries time, all of the Roman empire ended up bowing its knee and becoming fully Christian and embracing, he changed it from the bottom up, which just shows you, you don't have to have power to have purpose. And if you strive for power and you miss out on the beauty and the simplicity of servanthood, you've missed the message of our faith. So powerful. You say, well, how do I let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus? And it's easy to say amen to, way harder to actually live this out. What it comes down to is obedience. You do what God tells you to do. When he tells you and you say, well, that doesn't make sense financially. That doesn't make sense socially. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. If he says do it, you obey. It also means a life of surrender where you l- let him have control of your life and you stop trying to be in control. And it's, and it's okay to lower yourself. Lowering yourself is not a punishment. Lowering yourself, you look at Jesus and say, he descended, I can descend, I can serve. This is the mindset of the manger. But then in this text, we see our second point, which is the ministry of the manger. We don't wanna just think like a servant. We actually wanna take the actions of a servant. It sounds beautiful as a sermon, but man, when it's you serving and nobody's watching and you realize I'm doing this little thing and nobody sees me, that's when the ministry of the the manger becomes real. And you wanna think about Jesus's servanthood. (laughs) He lived this thing. He taught thousands of hours to people who didn't know truth. He found demon-possessed people and liberated their spirits. He healed people who were broken. He fed people who were hungry. He constantly served. And you say, well, what did he get out of it? Well, he had enough bread to eat, but that's about it. And he served and he served, and, then his, and it came down to the final moment. He actually gave his life away. This is the ministry of the manger. I want everybody, real quick, take a deep breath in. And hold it for a second, then take, take a deep breath out. Do it one more time. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. And that's a beautiful process. But if you just do one of them, you're going to die. <laughs> we love both of those expressions. We love to receive and we love to give. But yet so many Christians live in this state of always wanting to fill up Fill up on a new passage, fill up on a new sermon, fill up on a new worship CD, fill up on a new, I got to get my fix. I'm coming to church to get my fix, but yet they never breathe out. Never breathe out. And this passage, it's, it's called the kenosis passion, passage. The reason why kenosis means emptying yourself. The Bible says that Christ emptied himself. He breathed out Till his last breath, his entire earthly life, whoo, just breathing out, and then God filled him back up again. And this is the rhythm of Christianity, kenosis, pouring out ourselves. We're all inspired by the public figure, Mother Teresa, that lived, she was born in 1910, and at the age 18, she felt the call of God on her life, and she surrendered her life to the call of God, she moved to India after a quick study in Ireland. And there in India, she's taught as a school teacher for about 20 years. She was on a train after serving in India for many years. And she felt like God opened up her eyes to the poverty that was in Calcutta. And she felt such a burden to serve people that nobody else saw. And so she asked for permission to launch a, a, a ministry that ministered to the poor. And in India, if you're in that lower class, it means that nobody can help you. Because in the Hindu mindset, if you're born into the lower class, it's almost a punishment from the gods, and, and you have to live well in that lower class, or you won't be elevated in your next life, so you have to stay in that class and do it well, so nobody will touch people in the lower class. They're called the untouchables, and here comes Mother Teresa, and she begins to pull in the people who were the untouchables, especially those who were dying with terminal disease and leprosy, and she gave them an honorable death. She would bring them into a, a warehouse and nurture them and care. For them and this went on for years and years and years as different people felt the call to go and help her but it was still not celebrated by many. Finally, someone in Europe heard of what she was doing and went and wrote a biography. She was uh, in her 50s when the first biography was written about what she had been doing. People were inspired, and 10 years later, she won the Nobel Peace Prize. But throughout her life into her 80s, when she passed away, she never did what she did to be seen by people. She was truly driven with a burden to help the poor, and she poured out her life for her entire life. And you know what? Christianity is filled with people just like that who nobody sees, nobody celebrates, but it actually is the ministry of Jesus. And here's the, here's the pinch yourself type moment is if your life is completely consumed with ascending, gathering, gaining, becoming, you're missing the message of the manger. You're missing the ministry of the manger And maybe you should let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who was okay descending and pouring out his life. You gotta find out a place to pour your life out. You gotta find a way to pour out yourself, kenosis. And if you don't have a place where you're pouring out, you're only breathing in and you're gonna die that way. You you got to breathe out. You gotta allow God's river to flow through you. This is the ministry of the manger. But if we continue in that passage, we see the final thing, which is the majesty of the manger. (laughs) We don't do what we do to impress people or to be elevated, but God keeps score. And God, when he sees someone who is trying to please him only, serve him only, obey him only, and they pour themselves out, God is faithful to elevate. And boy, all of that dies in our heart. We don't really do what we do to be elevated. But the moment you begin this life of descent, know that God is faithful and able. (laughs) This makes me laugh. I just thought of it. One time we were uh, in Tennessee in this little city called Gatlinburg. And there's a way to ascend the hill and it requires hours and hours of labor and work. Or you can walk down the hill and get on the trolley that goes on a zip line and it just brings you to the top. And so it's easier to go down than it is to go up. And you have all these people trying to reach the top of the mountain. And all you got to do is walk a few steps down and you get on the car and it brings you up. And we did that. And I remember passing all the people who were climbing up and thinking, boy, this is much easier. And that's a beautiful picture of how life is. If you spend your life descending and serving, God at the end of your life sees that and he's faithful to elevate. Promotion doesn't come from the left or the right, the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. And so we read the conclusion of this chapter and it says, for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every Pharisee that shouted, "Stone, kill him, every person who betrayed him, every person, they're all going to bow a knee and say he is Lord. Daniel had a vision, and I'd love to read it to everyone, but in Daniel's vision, and I believe that this vision actually transpired after Christ had sacrificed his life and he ascended. But this is what Daniel saw. I kept looking in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the ancient of days, which is the father, and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. This is talking about Jesus, who had the mindset of the manger, the ministry of the manger, and now we see the majesty of the manger, and we play it out into Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, and, and, it, and the scriptures say, I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I'll pause and say, he did not pursue those things. He pursued the manger, he pursued the towel, he pursued the cross and God was faithful to add all of these things to him. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne, And to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. (laughs) Amen. This is the significant thought of the day is that we don't have to focus on the significance of our time here. We just have to focus on obedience, obedience and others. You don't have to climb the ladder. You don't have to ascend. You don't have to, to work hard to, to impress others, to gather, to gain. You can literally obey, surrender, and serve, and God is keeping the score. Here's the facts of this passage. Whatever you lay down, you will get back. Whatever you give up now is temporal, and what you will receive back is eternal, and God is keeping the score. Amen. So I want to encourage you this Christmas. There are people who you've been mad at that they're not serving you in the right way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How can you serve them? What can you let go of that you've been clinging tightly to? This is the message of the manger. Amen.